Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Shiki Podcast. We are your hosts, Alexandra Gumbert and Isabel King. Together, we bring you Shiki, where chic meets cheeky, creating the perfect cocktail. to help you guys get in the spirit of today's episode we have new york city's lifestyle blogger the modern socialite with us here today we dive so deep on so much um mainly on life after college navigating your 20s she shares her experience of moving into new york city and all the details um she even shares the business side of being an influencer which we found super insightful and we think you guys will too so we hope you enjoy i am sarah i am the blogger behind the modern socialite it's a blog i created in my young 20s i still feel like i'm in my young 20s and it has brought me so much joy and happiness and opened up many outlets that i could not even imagine or dream i did not think i was going to go into the blogging world uh but i definitely am a believer in just trying something new, you never know where it can take you. And it does not hurt. You don't lose anything from it. So that's it. (laughs) But yeah, so I can go into my story of, you know, graduating college and how I got to where I am today. So I went to the University of Arizona, which was pretty far away from New York. So going to New York City was like a big leap. I am from Massachusetts. So um, going to New York is not as big of a deal as it is from Arizona. And I originally thought I was going to study, uh, or not study, I studied fashion, but I originally thought I was going to go into a fashion career after college. And I did really, I started a consult, I started at a consulting firm where I was doing fashion. Um, But fashion was very hard to keep up with just because there wasn't a big demand for consulting in fashion. And my job I stayed at for so long because it was a really good paying job and was like, I'm willing to do whatever just because I really wanted the money. So I don't know if others feel that way, but it's like very money driven where like, I'm willing to do whatever to make the dollar. And I stayed at my job for four years. It was a great job. I'll say it was at Accenture. So if you're ever interested in management consulting, it's a great job. You learn a lot about how to learn and how to have a strategic mindset. But the consulting world is very um, cutthroat. It's very exhausting. And you're living on the road for most of the time, which was Monday through Thursday. And then you come home for the Friday and the weekends, which was New York for me. And so during the weekends, it was really fun. And I really enjoyed post-grad in the city. I had a house, an apartment in Murray Hill, you know, would hang out with my boyfriend, now fiance, and just got to enjoy New York City for all I had to offer, which was expensive bars and shopping. And that started to run out. You know, you, that gets a little boring after a while. So then after that, I decided to start working out. (laughs) I got the Equinox membership. I don't know if you guys have had that experience where it's like, oh, the Equinox, it's like a country club in a way for the city where you pay an absurd amount, but you get the classes, you get the eucalyptus house. Why not? I did that. Got bored of it after a month. I remember sitting in my apartment being like, well, that was fun. I worked out for an hour. Now I either can work or I have 
to watch Netflix and I've been doing that nonstop and it was just boring and I felt very bored and I was just looking for something to do after work that could give me something to think about besides work. And I remember talking to my friend about bloggers and she was telling me, oh yeah, I have um, a, a family friend, friend, blah, 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 who's friends with all these mommy bloggers and they get all this free stuff. And I was like, that's weird. You know, you can blog and get all this free stuff. Um, and it wasn't like the free stuff, but it was more like, how, what is this world that we're living in? And so I, I looked them up. Turns out to be a pretty big blogger. I still follow her now today. She's one of my biggest inspirations. I won't say her name just because that may be a weird <laughs> fact to know about her. Um, but I was like, wow, this is so interesting. You know, she's doing it from Hawaii. Then she's doing it from Arizona, California. Like, this is really interesting. So I started looking up one for New York. And a lot of the New York bloggers are posting very heavy fashion content where they're wearing the Chanel bag, Gucci. They're very fashion forward. And I couldn't find someone that I thought was relatable. Very much like the New York City millennial, Gen Zer businesswoman, just trying to figure out post-grad life. It was really hard. And finally, I was just sitting there and I was like, what if I just did it myself? I remember saying that to myself. I was like, wow, like that's a big commitment to do. And I remember talking about it with my fiance, or I guess boyfriend at the time of like, you know, what do you think of this idea of becoming a blogger? You know, blogging was very, it was starting to get saturated at that point. So it was, but there wasn't a lot of like that topic. And I remember him being like, you know what, why not just try it out? You don't lose anything financially from trying it. It's not like if you started, um, you know, a, a business, like a, a business where you are selling a product or good physically, where you have to buy the inventory in hopes that you sell it blogging, you know, you just have your Instagram account or you just buy a website domain, which was like 20 to hundred bucks. You don't really lose much. So I started doing it. I started posting and it just, it took off really well. Um, I had a lot of amazing support from friends and family, which kind of like how we got here today, where like they refer you, they talk about you, these things, you keep building connections to the point where now I'm almost at 50,000 followers. I'm trying to get there. Uh, which is so exciting. Um, but it's really been an amazing journey of just being very true to like how I feel and finding that so many other people feel the same way. And that's how I make my content. It's not really the, hey, here's my Chanel Gucci bag. I don't have a Chanel or Gucci bag. <laughs> um, I probably have a fake one that I got from Canal Street, but that's very relatable where we're all laughing about it right now, where it's like, yeah, that's, that's real life because I can't spend a thousand dollars on a bag. I have to pay rent. I'm trying to save for a house. I have other priorities. I wish though I could, it's just, it doesn't make sense for this chapter of my life. The women who do do that are, you know, good for them. I just have other goals in mind that I'm really happy to like share with my followers and just my life. I think that's very relatable. I don't think every woman is buying a Chanel bag and a Gucci bag, like we see on social media. And it shouldn't be the aspiration they have. They should want to save for something bigger than themselves. I just need to add in there. That's something that I noticed right off the bat with your content was maybe I think it was um, maybe something to do with your hair, like the products you use with your hair. And I was like, I, at the time I was trying to grow my hair. So I was like, started to feed more into all the stuff that you were sharing. And I was like, this is not like unattainable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
and exactly. it's and it's stuff that I'm doing. So that's what I feel really strongly about, especially from the beginning of my blog, where like, you know, you don't have as many followers and it's really like your family and friends reaching out there. They're the ones also buying the things you're promoting too. Where if I'm not willing to say, hey, to like my future mother-in-law, I love this product, you should buy it too. I don't want to recommend it to other people, which um, you know, I definitely have other blogging friends who don't agree. They're just trying to make the money, but because I'm financially stable outside my blog, I feel the freedom to say whatever I want with my blog, which makes it much more fun. It sh- yes, it should be about the business model and everything, but you, d- I, I have seen my other blogger friends lose followers in business because it's just, you're promoting something that like, I don't care about. I have to be careful what I say, cause I don't want to call people out, but like, um, you know, I don't care about like cat litter. Like that makes no sense to me. Like, why would I, it has to be relatable. So very big on that but I do really do I do feel very strongly about buying expensive products for like hair and skin because you are stuck with your skin the rest of your life but you're not stuck with those like Gucci loafers (laughs) you can you can replace those but you can't replace this hair you have to take care of it I mean that's part of life you learn these things along the way like you feel like those things are valuable um and they really don't matter, but you have to go through those life experiences, which has been so great about growing up in your 20s in New York City, like going through those Carrie Bradshaw moments. I wish I had more good dating stories, but I've been with Dan since college. So um, we've just been learning how to navigate life together. Like we've been just growing together through it. When you figured out that you didn't want to do consulting, like what was your next move? How did you navigate that pivot? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I learned it probably like um, six months in <laughs> to my four <laughs> years there that this is not for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, with any job, you should at least try to stick it out for two years because it does show on your resume that, you know, you were, if you're hopping around, it doesn't look good. You want to look stable and you want to look like your best self. Plus, I needed to stick it out to make sure that even though I wasn't crazy about it, was I truly not crazy about it? Or was I just not loving that one experience? I just wasn't crazy about it, but it's okay. I stayed, I tried, I, I lasted four years, which was great. I made amazing friends, which was great. Um, I always was like looking and poking my head around, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do besides consulting, which was really difficult. And uh, last year, my grandmother actually, I was on a project and my grandmother had a heart attack and I had to leave the project to do like a leave of absence with her to take care of her, which was hard to leave work. But it was a moment where I was like, I need to take care of someone. And that's more important than work. And in our twenties, it's really hard to find that separation or at least me where like work is not the center of your world. You need to remember the outside world. And so while I was with her and taking care of her, it made me realize I really wanted to be more local in New York. I want to enjoy living in New York versus traveling every week for work. And I want to do something that I'm more excited about. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, actually truly acknowledging that to be able to put all my effort in. So I took all my real estate classes then. I while taking care of her because she was half sleeping during the day that when she was awake, I'd help take care of her um, while she's at the hospital and also focused a lot on my blog at that time because I had the time to finally dedicate to it and um, was networking very hardcore. So, and I hate the hardcore networking, but it was so needed and I wasn't getting anywhere. No one was really hiring. The pandemic just hit. So like people really weren't hiring 
And I finally found someone to network with through a college friend, which was crazy. And so I had a phone call with him about my current company and we just really hit it off. And I just fell in love with the company even more. Um, and then, and he was like, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can do about getting a referral, but like no guarantees, you know, the pandemic, blah, blah. So I was like, that's great. But I was like, I really like this company. I, I really want to get into this company. So this is kind of creepy, but whatever. This is good advice. Good advice. I went on LinkedIn, looked up the people at the company and realized um, they were part of this like Facebook group that they started that I was like part of also. Like I found that mutual friend in a Facebook group. I slid into his DMs, you could say, messaged him on Facebook and was like, hi, I want a job. Here's my resume. Like here's my portfolio. Would love to work or just get five minutes of your time. And because of real estate, that's what they look for. They look for that self-starter driver attitude. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm really reaching out through someone's Facebook to get a job. But he, he loved how scrappy that was. And I think that's how I got the job. So um, it was just like finding creative ways to connect with people that make you stand out. Um, and using that network, whether, you know, it's the college you went to, family, friends. I used my mom and a lot of her friends for connections. Um, that's how you really get a job. It's building connections with people so that they can trust you because yes, there are people who get a job just from like a resume through a portal. But if you put yourself on the other side, it is hard to go through and see who stands out on a sheet of paper versus when they know you and you can win them over with your personality. So I guess my advice would be, it's okay to slide into their DMs <laughs> to get the job if that's what it takes. I love it. That's really great advice for anyone our age to hear, especially, so you got the job during the pandemic. Yeah. Wow. That's and amazing. I don't know if, you, and I think you're following me during this time. We were, so Dana and I got engaged in the middle of pandemic at the end of my grandmother's recovery. And we went to Florida to like celebrate our engagement. Mm-hmm. They like celebrates, like who celebrates an engagement by going to Florida, but you know, <laughs> pandemic <laughs> we did. And when I got the job offer and was told we had to move back for it, that's when we left Florida. So um, that, and that was when New York reopened for the first time. So um, that was really exciting to be back. So we've been back in the city since the middle of June and haven't left since. I've gone to like Massachusetts a couple of times, but have not been, I miss Florida. Um, Jealous (laughs) of all the people in Florida. (laughs) it's the city is so fun right now as someone young and going out to restaurants I'm a big foodie clearly so we love going out and seeing the New York City experiences and how are they raising the bar with this outdoor dining situation Mm -hmm. and it's been really really fun I definitely don't feel like it's the city's a bad place right now we love it we're thriving I'm kind of bummed it's going to get busy again because it's so nice just being with locals versus the tourist crowd Totally. No, I agree with you. I noticed that the last time that I came, I need to try that place that you always post. I think it's called Sedell's. Yeah, we love I, I'm going to go there and I'm going to tag you whenever I go there because... Please do. We, I will literally <laughs> go through and be like, you got to order XYZ. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they literally take... It's so expensive and we love it. We're, we feel no shame. <laughs> I'm going there all the time. They don't even know us still. They're, 
they're so corporate where they have no like I think they know us but like usually if it's a family-owned business they know you they act like they don't know us every time we, but we love it <laughs> I know New York they're so cutthroat but we love it oh my god please go <laughs> Speaking of this, they I did get a bunch of questions because we put up like a little question box for people to put any questions for you. Oh, awesome. And one of them was, the first one was um, top three restaurants that you would recommend in New York. And then the other one was rooftop bar recommendations. Okay. Um, for restaurants though, what kind of category would you like me to go by? Just like... <sighs> Because Adele's wins hands down, but that's breakfast. Okay, gotcha. Maybe do like one, so that would be breakfast. Maybe do like a lunch and then a dinner. Okay, okay, I love it. Let's do it. Breakfast, Adele's. I think okay. I'm very factual with it. I'm there all the time. <laughs> um, and then dinner spot. We love, we love expensive places. <laughs> <laughs> we just spent over a thousand dollars at catch new uh, steak which was not good after my whole rant about don't buy designer stuff here we are spending over a thousand dollars it's been a long winter <laughs> I think also everyone's saving so much right now that we're like we're more willing to spend on food it's going back to the economy for the restaurants that have been suffering um so we love catch we love Tao, we love pepe gallo for italian takeout um we love blue ribbon for sushi I would say those are our favorites also most likely to see us at on a weekend for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then, and just to have like a, a lunch in there, maybe like Westville, Westville's a great takeout, especially if you're trying to eat healthy. Um, you can't go wrong with Westville. Okay. Awesome. I have a list. Okay. For now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then rooftops. So we have our own outdoors terrace which I'm like looking at so if we do go if we wanted to eat like on a terrace we would just go to ours um which sounds snobby but we do pay our own rent so we aren't <laughs> it um for so I'm like no I don't feel as bad I would say though for a rooftop bar that's really great and worth the money I really like Italy. uh I love their rooftop by like starting out there for drinks and then once they call your reservation, you go downstairs and go to La Pizza La Pasta. That's like a great date night option. Um, the food on the rooftop's not that great, but the drinks are good. And then you just go downstairs for the good food. Uh, other rooftops that we really like. I mean, there's probably other ones, but that's the only one we go to nonstop, which I would say says something. Okay. Most likely to find us there too. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool. Because I went to, uh, this was before the pandemic, I went to Mr. Purple. And it was just, it was cool, but it it's was just, like. It's, it's high end, it's, it's touristy. Like, could you go back a couple times? I don't know. Totally, I feel you on that. It was definitely a one-time thing for me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um, 235th. It's very yes, touristy, so fun, but like, you're spending $20 for like two pieces of food that's a good tourist yeah. spot but you can't like it can't be a go-to unfortunately no. but I would say a place I do want to try out is Restoration Hardware's restaurant I know they have an outdoor section um that is on my list of places to go to so um 
anyone else is that they want to know where I want to go that's one of the places that's on my list cool awesome so many places and, <laughs> and I'm trying to think actually let me grab my phone okay. um I'm just gonna bring my laptop there is one more restaurant I would love to recommend from like an outdoor dining standpoint since we just spoke about that that's really good for outdoor dining oh here it is okay a dinner spot I recommend that's really good for outdoor dining is Sola Pasta Bar. Sola Pasta Bar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very intimate. Great for friends. Great for dates. Perfect. Okay. We have we have a list of seven places and then two. <laughs> two so much for so like one of, uh, one of each category. <laughs> no, I love it. There's so many places I can try now because I'm always, you know, like I'm sure you're used to that. Or actually, I don't know. I get asked boyfriend are, all... but I'm always the one that plans. Oh, I get asked all the time. That's like one of my top questions of like, hey, I'm coming to the city. Like, where do you recommend to eat or what do you recommend for this? And there's always like the classic tourist places, but it's like, but where we actually go, X, Y, Z. And I know like Tao and Catch, they are, you know, like brand names and not as family restaurants, but their food is so good. We love the experience of like how they present mm-hmm. where it does bring us back again. You don't really get that as much in the family restaurants. The more like, here you go. <laughs> so, I love it. yeah well, um, thank you for sharing that of course I'm trying to think. I could talk about um photos and like like the, oh yeah I didn't really talk about um the business side of blogging did you guys yeah, want to hear about that please. that's definitely okay. something we want to focus on and that's really interesting because I feel the same way um at least when I started I was like well how does this work so like I was saying before a lot of my content creation is very personal to me of like what I'm going through so like, for example, I was on a binge where I really wanted silk pajamas <laughs> and very relatable. I tried out silk pajamas from Amazon that were more affordable, but they weren't like, they're a little sleazy. I shared them with my followers. I actually shared them yesterday again, being like, you know, I like these, but I don't really like the bottoms. They're a little scandalous for what I was hoping for. I really want something more work from home. Normally I would say bloggers, no matter what they're going to say, oh, these are the best pajamas ever go for it. You don't really hear them say like, I'm not that crazy about this. Or like, I tried this, didn't really love it, which I get, you don't want to downplay a brand. Um, but you know, the beauty of affiliate linking and linking products without having to be paid for it is you can say whatever you want. So I can say I like this, I don't like this part. And so I've been focusing more on affiliate links versus just like a paid promotion because a paid promotion they usually give you the wording or you have to agree on the wording you say. And you better hope beforehand you like the product before you agree to it because then otherwise, you know, they're paying you, you know, $500 to post this. And if you don't like it, it, it could hurt your image and credibility. So like for me, after I found my cheap pajamas, I remember so many people were saying, oh, try out Lunya, Lunya. And they actually reached out to me for a partnership opportunity. And it's, it was perfect because I needed them. They were willing to, you know, gift me that so that I could share that with my followers. And now I'm going to be buying a pair for my mom because I think they're so great. So it's like, yeah, you know, they are expensive pajamas. They're $200, but if I'm buying them also, I'm not just pushing a product. So it's fake. So, um, you know, companies they'll go and they'll pay you and they want you to say certain things and they have different topics, which is fun, but it always has to make sense with your story because otherwise you end up unfollowing that person. And at the end of the day, that sucks. 
if you get an unfollow and it's not worth it just to get paid like you know a couple hundred bucks because it's about the long-term building a relationship with people and I don't think people realize how hard it is to build a relationship through social media versus like in person and you'll see some people who start a blog and their numbers just jump up really fast they're probably using bots and automation um, to get there which isn't good it really takes a while to build the relationship and the story because it's like when you build a a friendship with someone you don't just hit it off right away that's it you have to like build trust in them and I love hearing about people who have been following me from the beginning I have people who dm me every single day I have people who dm me about every single thing I talk about and I love it because it's just building that relationship and it's so genuine Mm -hmm. so um, I love that and so with these collaborations that I do I really try to focus on things that matter to me with the story. So I'm really excited for my wedding. We have some really great collaborations coming up that make so much sense for my audience, for me, that I'm so proud of that I don't actually, like I, I before this, I was like, oh, they're probably gonna ask me a list of brands that I work with and things like that. But to me, like, it's not work. It's just like things that are already brands in my life. Mm-hmm. So I had to think, I don't have the list. <laughs> I have a couple, but I'm like, you know, that I think that is really good. And that I also look for it. Other bloggers, you know, are they using this every day? Do they talk about it more than once? Are they only posting it and you never hear about it again? You don't want to listen to the radio and only hear commercial. You want to hear the music. Mm-hmm. I have a specific question. Sure. Um, so if any small businesses are listening right now and they don't have the budget to pay an influencer $500 for a post, what is like a way for them to gift an influencer where it's like, Sometimes I feel like ghosting happens when with influencers and what's like a proper way to like establish a relationship with gifting and stuff. So uh, I think with gifting is a great way to do it. I would start with maybe a blogger that isn't as big, you know, the, the more followers they have, the more they can charge because it's more exposure. So if you start with like a micro influencer, like someone 10,000 and under, they're probably more open to gifting. For me, I'm still very much open to gifting if it makes sense for my audience because I'd rather promote something that I, like I said, that I genuinely like than not promote it. And you also build a relationship with them. So I think if you don't have the budget for it, then just work with what you have. Don't work against it. Like, what do you have? Maybe you have access to other small bloggers or like, you know, someone who knows someone who can refer you to a blogger that may be willing to do it. And a lot of bloggers too may love the story behind it and say, this makes sense. I would love to do a gifting and you can, and this, you can use this image for future use and I'll post on my social media. So there, I think it's, yeah. So there can be like a specific request of like, can you take a picture with it on? Like with, yeah, if it, if it makes sense. Yeah. I don't see why not. It doesn't hurt to ask. Worst thing they say is no. And it's like, great, move on. Find the next one. But I would also make sure it makes sense. Like I, I do see a lot of brands who reach out to me and I'm like, I don't know why you're reaching out to me. <laughs> like, like it doesn't make sense. Like people who are like um, active wear. So I do wear active wear, I do, but I'm not like a fitness blogger. I do, I did go through a big biker shorts phase <laughs> where like that would make sense because I was wearing biker shorts every day. And posting on every day. That's actually one of my most sold products is 
biker shorts. I've sold a lot of biker shorts through my affiliate links, but I was wearing them every day. It was great. No pandemic, Florida. Um, and it, it, that made sense, biker shorts. But if you're like saying, hey, you know, we want you to post this activewear, you know, it's sweat resistant. It's really good for long workouts and X, Y, Z. I'm not, I'm not posting workouts. It, it doesn't make sense. It feels very out of context. Um, and those are usually the bloggers I end up unfollowing when you post something, you're like, what? Or like an energy drink. It's like, when, when do you ever post drinking an energy drink? I personally just don't like looking at that content. And, and those I, I usually turn down. Um, it just doesn't make sense. And the, and also the businesses shouldn't invest in that blogger either. I would say save your money. Yeah. It's not worth it. You don't want to, because that is the goods cost so much for you too. You shouldn't put it for someone just because they have a big audience. If that audience isn't likely to find it of value. How did you come up with the name, the modern social life? Oh, that is a good question. Um, so when I started to decide I wanted to do a blog, I was researching or after I, I created my website and I got to the final stage of shoot, I really need to buy a domain and name my blog. I was going between just saying Sarah Lorraine or Sarah Meyer, Sarah Lorraine Meyer, or doing a tag with my name, like something tagged in or just something completely different. And I really admired the bloggers who had a separate name from their own name. Uh, I don't know why. Nowadays, you don't see any bloggers that do like a different name for it. But again, I was more focused on like the blog blog side versus like, let me take a pretty picture and post on Instagram. Um, and I was trying to think of something very relatable. I wish I remembered some things that we thought of, like, I think something tied around positivity or like happiness or like my mom really wanted me to do something with like Sarah and the city. I think that she really tried to get me to do something like that. And I was like, no, that's so like cliche. And something came up with like socialites and I Finally, I, something came together with like, just, I love the idea of socialites because that was really what I wanted to do was more like, you know, socialites, they're, they're doing all the cool things. They post about what they're doing that makes it so cool. And that's how you learn about these things. But I don't really like the, I don't, I can't relate to a true socialite, but I could relate to like the modern day socialite, which is someone who's earning it themselves and paying it for it themselves. And I was like, that's it, the modern socialite. My mom was like, that's a little prissy. Are you sure? And once I explained the meaning, she was like, oh, I love it. She's like, but people are going to think you're prissy. I said, that's okay. Then they'll read the description and understand it's not prissy. Mm -hmm. Done. <laughs> but uh, I really love the name. I think it's very true to who I am. Um, and I, I'm happy that we came up with it. I'm happy I didn't do something Sarah in the city because there's probably a, lot, a million bloggers with their name in the city or something in the city and applaud to them for that. I just like being different. I love your title. Like I think it, but it's true, right? Like let's, let's admire that woman, you know, that she's doing it all herself, paying to live in this overpriced city and thriving. Absolutely. That's what we want to get into so much in this episode is your life in the city and kind of like, I know you moved there with your boyfriend then, right? Well, yes and no. It's so he, I guess when we met in college, both in Arizona, we were talking about, you know, where do you see yourself in like five years, whatever, like, where do you want to graduate and go to? 
or where, yeah, where do you want to go after you graduate? And he was like, I actually want to go to New York. And I was like, I want to go to New York. That's so weird. <laughs> we both want to go to New York separately. So that made it really easy because I know that's a big decision after college is, are you going to move to the same state or city as your significant other? You're not engaged. How serious the relationship is, it doesn't make sense. And the fact that we both wanted to go to New York at the same time after college made it really easy that we were growing together versus forcing the relationship to grow together. So he moved in with his buddies after college. I moved in with a sorority sister of mine after college in Murray Hill, which is very much where a lot of people start. And um, we just, we were able to hang out together a lot, which was great. Um, he did go to NYU for his master's. So that's also what brought him to New York after college. And when he was done, he had to do a government commitment for his scholarship that he got in Maryland. So when he was doing that, we were doing long distance for two years. And finally, after he did his commitment, he got a job, an amazing job in the city, moved back to the city and the rest is history. Now he's stuck here with me. <laughs> But we didn't move in together really until like a year, year and a half ago. Um, we very, I very much was not, I don't want to say single, but I wasn't living with a guy for my young twenties, which I'm really happy about that. I didn't do that. I definitely, I know everyone's different, um, but there's nothing like hanging out with your girlfriends in the city and like having that freedom to like, go get your nails done. I mean, not that a guy holds you down, but like having your own schedule and your own life to really become the person you are after college um, and like focus on doing the late nights at work versus like, you know, having to come home because he'll get bummed out if he's eating dinner by himself. You know, when you're by yourself with your girlfriend, you eat by yourself or you eat with your girlfriend. Just depends what you prioritize and value, but that was something I really valued. So now I'm enjoying this chapter of learning how to live together. Even though we've been dating for almost seven years, we're learning how to live together. That's amazing. Yeah, so I definitely suggest that. Do not move in with a guy right after college. I mean, I know some people have to or it makes more financial sense. It definitely would have made more financial sense in the city, but there's nothing like your young 20s in the city. I completely agree. It'll like change your life. Finance, yeah, finance is there, but like it's your whole chapter of your life that you're changing just because of financial. Exactly, and as great as that is, there's so many other ways you can save to make that happen and develop your own self. I think it's just one day, you know, you're going to be in the nursing home in a wheelchair, you can't move and all you have are your memories. You won't have those Gucci loafers <laughs> or that Italian, that expensive uh, dinner, $1,000 dinner, but you'll have your memories, which is more valuable than anything. Hopefully you will. If not, you have Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if not, you have those Gucci loafers. <laughs> that hopefully still lasts in the 50 years or 60 years later <laughs> I love that I um yeah. I'm okay so for someone that's looking to make a move to New York how like if you could get as specific as you could like how much money should would you recommend saving like what should you expect for rent and whatever else is important there absolutely so not to like give myself a plug but I I get this question a lot. I created a blog post, I think last year, um, where I created a whole guide on moving to the city. And okay. it's actually been getting, it gets, it's one of my most viewed blog posts still to this date. And lately it's been getting a ton of views, which makes me 
feel like, wow, people are really moving back to the city if they're trying to figure out like what neighborhood should they move to and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as like a cheat sheet, like what I think, especially right now and being in a real estate job, it's not cheap. <laughs> you need to be making a lot to live in the city and live here comfortably, which is why a lot of people don't normally settle down this city and why a lot of people you know, have maybe have left the city because they're like, we did that New York city chapter. What's next um, for us? We really didn't. And Dan too, we didn't have that much money moving to the city. We just really want to experience that New York city experience. Uh, I don't remember if we needed a guarantor for a lease, but we probably did because there are requirements such as like, well, you need to show 40 times the rent and a salary to qualify for an apartment. So you times the rent by 40, see if your salary matches. If not, you can use a roommate to get that number. But if you don't have that, you're going to need a guarantor. Wow. So, um, and, and it's really common when you're young and to do flex apartments so that you can save on rent. So get a one bedroom, split it, and you can get it maybe for like a good price, like 1500 bucks each, which is still crazy to spend $3,000 on a, a one bedroom. But in New York, that's cheap. Mm-hmm. $3,000 so, is cheap in New York. Yeah. Oh yeah. For one bedroom. Yes. Wow. It sucks. I know, <laughs> but it, it also depends on what you value too. You know, if you want that really nice location, like West village, Tribeca, Chelsea, those are definitely more expensive. Um, you know, if you don't care and you're fine with like East village, Murray Hill, which are still expensive. Also, I love East village, like culture. Like it's so fun there. That's a great place in your early twenties. Um, you can find something much more affordable. So it just depends on what you value, what you want to spend. Um, and you learn that along the way. I don't think anyone stays in their first New York City apartment the whole way. I think people mostly bounce around because they figure out, oh, you know what? I like this area better. You know, oh, I see a great deal here based on what I have with the square footage and the view. Or like, you know what? I finally want washer dryer in my unit. That's very common in New York City not to have washer dryer in your unit. Like, okay, now I want to pay more for that splurge. I know. So I would say though, out of college, a lot of people will flex and get multiple roommates. Dan was one of four in an apartment. They converted a two bedroom into a four bedroom. I was in a one bedroom. We converted to a two bedroom. Then when we both moved out of those places, I moved in with a girlfriend. We found a true two bedroom in East Village and we were paying 3,200 total. So we split it around 1,600 each, which to us, we were like, that's so cheap. We can do all this stuff now. (laughs) (laughs) But to us, it felt cheap um, because of how expensive New York City rent is and having like a true bedroom and paying that price. Dan, when he moved back to the city um, after his commitment for the government or his scholarship, yeah, government commitment, he was like, I want to ball out. He's like, I did the flex thing. I'm finally making good money. I want a really nice apartment. And he got a studio with outdoor space that I eventually moved into and paid. We were paying, it's so embarrassing. We were paying a little over 4,000 for it. A studio. For a studio. But it was a nice studio with outdoor space, full amenities, um, very much and like incredible menus like it feels like a spot on an amazing location and to him it was worth it what am I going to say you know you just did this government commitment and you don't want to enjoy your money that's you need to go through those experiences to learn the value of it um year year and a half later here we are we moved across the hall to a larger unit. now we have a one bedroom 
we got a good deal on it. Um, you know, we know the building well and we love it. You know, we know it's a lot, but we love the experience we have with our building. We love our location. We love the outdoor space. We love having central air and we love how clean it is um, and how everything's new. So to us, we've spent more than 4,000 now, I will say that. Um, but it, with the concessions right now in the market, it, it makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. But I would say um, a lot of people are just trying to get a good deal right now because I feel like you know they haven't been able to get a good deal because of how expensive New York City rent is. But moving to the city, you just need to make sure it makes sense for your salary. Um, and if that means getting roommates, just do it because there's nothing like New York. And you just, you suffer through it for like a year. Then you, <laughs> then you make more money and you move on. It's okay that you don't stay in your, your first apartment for a year or for more than a year. <laughs> I love it. That's really great advice. I'm definitely going to read, read your blog on that. Yeah, it, I put a lot of love into it and I'm so happy to see how many people use it. Um, it's just, it's something that you it's hard to research for something in your twenties versus like hearing like a parent or like a, an old, I hate to say an older person who doesn't relate to like the budget and the lifestyle that we want to live right now. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you that might be a little bit off topic, but did see you had posted something if I remember correctly about that movie fake famous. And I actually, Oh yes. Let's talk about it. Yeah, because after your post, I went and watched it. And I, then I was, like, talking to Izzy the other night, and I was like, that would be, like, something really cool to talk about on here. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> I called um, a family member afterwards because he told me about it. And I was like, wow, so I could have just bought followers and made this journey so much easier? Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but I was like, really? Are you kidding me? Um, and then also with the movie, it kind of like frustrated, what? Oh, you are? Yay! Okay. Sorry, Dan was going to leave tonight to go visit family. Now he's staying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Fake Famous, I didn't like in the movie how they they got these three people to become fake famous and only one of them went through with it. Like the other two, it was like, we love that you're being so genuine about it but that's not the point of this exercise. It's to test out being ungenuine to see how far it gets you. And I was like, you're just wasting your time. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the, because they needed to be ungenuine enough to get the fake followers be okay with that and see where it would take them and pretend to be like these bloggers and like go undercover on these trips. Right. Um, I, there are some things like I think we've talked about where like they promote things that they're not really crazy about. That's very true. Mm-hmm. I do see some bloggers post things that are not that they're not very passionate about. But I also think it's because they're using it to survive and, and pay for their things. Yeah. You know, so it's hard because it's like, you know, you want to be sympath- sympathetic towards them. But the whole point of it is to like be relatable. And it's not relatable if you're not actually using it or fully believe in it if you're just paying for it. So it has to, it has to make sense. Um, I didn't realize though how many people were buying followers. That's very surprising to me. Yeah, I was going to say to you, I remember a part of it um, where they said that one of the one of the people for the partnerships with the girl 
that was actually like sticking with it, they checked to see if she had bots or like, I guess basically like turnover ratio or something like that. Like, have you ever been in a situation where like, um, a brand or anything like that has ever questioned that? Or like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So I wouldn't say they question it, but after you promote, like you post something on your social media or on your stories on your blog, they want to say, Hey, or they want to see, Hey, how did it perform? Mm-hmm. Like, who did we reach? Which I think is totally fair. And I love the analytical side. So on Instagram, when you have a business profile, like most when most bloggers have, you can see how many people um, not only liked it, commented, but how many people saw it, how many people interacted with it, how many people saved it, how many people shared it. And that's how you really know what did really well. Lately, my, my most shared Instagram and saved Instagram is my hot chocolate charcuterie board, <laughs> which is so random of me. I remember telling my mom, I was like, I'm going to make a hot chocolate charcuterie board. She's like, that's weird. I go, no, I think that's so much fun. I'm like, I'm so bored at home. It's a snow day. Why not? Um, and I can make it for Christmas. I'm just like, okay. Everyone loved it. And I was like, that's right, mom. Everyone loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I got a stomachache, but we all loved it. <laughs> um, but it's so good to see those things because it's a different way for me to see what you guys like too. So I, I'm totally fine with sharing it with brands. You know, I think it needs to be negotiated up front. Like, cause sometimes people will give me things that after like, oh, how to it do it? It's like, you need to package everything up because that's part of the negotiation deal um, of like, you want this full experience. Um, but I, I love the analytical side. I look at it all the time to see what you guys like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Cause then I, that's how I know things do well. Like the biker shorts. Like I thought it was crazy <laughs> talking about biker shorts, but people loved it. People were buying it. People are DMing me about it. I still get DMs today. And people being like, what were those biker shorts from Amazon that are $15? And I'm like, boop, boop, here you go. Love it. Still wear them. Um, <laughs> But I wouldn't, I would have just felt stupid if I didn't know that being like, and probably wouldn't have gone with like just sharing it as much as I did because I would have been more internal about it. So. Exactly. So that is super interesting. What it, what did you mean there when you said like, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding. You said something about make sure you're packaging it all up and negotiating. What did you yes. mean? So if someone's asking you to do work, you agree to the terms prior, Uh, but sometimes they'll be like, oh, can you also do this? And it's like, yes, but that changes like the deal. Oh, so on their end, you're saying, make sure that they have everything up front. You know exactly what you're doing. Exactly. It's it's just like clear communication. Okay. Up front. And I I think the social media world is still learning how to run the business of it. And I totally get that. but like sometimes people are like, oh, hey, we want to just gift you this. You don't have to post. And then that one time you post, they're like, oh, hey, can we see X, Y? And it's like, well, <laughs> if I knew it was going to lead to this, like it's just like a little sleazy. So do you elaborate on the post you're going to make or do you just like make your own content? And like, how? what's your process when you're making content? Like, for example, in Hawaii. So in Hawaii, it was very much like what I was going through which was like enjoying myself every day, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to, so I, I was very burnt out from work and I was like, I need a break. I had so much PTO to use up. So I decided, let me just burn it all and go to Hawaii and use all my points I had from traveling Monday through Thursday to pay for it, which I was able to. 
So when I reached out and we did the collaboration, it was very much of like, how do you use points to travel? And why did I pick this hotel? And why was it the best spot on the island? Which I truly feel it was the best spot. It's essential on the island. You could get to either north or south of the island. Um, it was a great point. Like the price point was great. The point amount per night was great. You got so much value out of it. And you can even tell, like, I get so excited over these things, like, because that to me is worth it in such a modern social, like paying for it yourself to go on a solo trip. I mean, Dan visited me for a week. I had another girlfriend visit me for a week, but like, it was very much like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for three weeks and see what happens. And that was what the blog post was all about with them. And they loved it. Um, and they still use the content today. They also use a lot of pictures. So when you do negotiate back to negotiating, you know, they say, I want like maybe 10 of the photos for our own record. And so, you know, one of the blog posts was like, you know, the start of the Hawaii trip and a lot of like beach photos, ho hotel photos showing like just you guys, you know, what did I select? What am I doing? And they can reuse it for their own purposes for just advertising or marketing materials. They, they can say, hey, we want the full rights to it. Gotcha. Wow. So I, I know there's, a, I will say, if you interview other bloggers, you know, they're going to say like with fashion posts, like a lot of my fashion bloggers, they just say, hey, we're going to meet up and take photos. Want to come? They'll plan their outfits out. They'll go take photos and then they post them like pre-planned. So they're all ahead of time. They don't really post as much live in the moment because it is hard to do live in the moment because you need someone ready to take the photos there. Um, but for me, I try to, I, I did try that out, but it just felt very fake and I had nothing to write about with it. Like, oh, here's another pretty picture of me. It's not really my content. My content is more about what am I doing as a, my version of a modern socialite today. I love that. It's like a very sustainable business. Exactly. So I do get asked, oh, what's your blog about? And I hate to be like, oh, it's my lifestyle, but it's really like, what is, what would a modern socialite be doing in to fuel her lifestyle? It's not about, you know, here's another pretty picture of fashion because I can't, I personally can't relate to the Gucci bag and Chanel bag lifestyle or the fast fashion lifestyle because I can't buy that many clothes. And I don't think it's fair to my followers if I'm just promoting clothing pictures of things I'm only being gifted and not actually buying myself. Right. So. That's really special that, you know, I feel like you don't find that a lot. So yeah. Yeah. I will say though, if I do post a, a photo with clothing, I do normally try to see if I can do an affiliate link on it. So that way, if I do recommend it, not only do I get to see if you guys like it or not, I can see how, like, if there are sales out of it, like, do you guys actually buy the product? I will say most of my audience tends to buy products if I link them from Amazon versus non-Amazon because it's so easy, which I feel the same way. You just add it to your cart, done, see it in two days. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty affordable, their fashion. They have good fashion finds that make sense for the price point versus like Nordstrom. I don't have all my stuff saved sometimes on it. So, you know, and others are the same way. It's, you, you're not as likely to purchase it. When did you start your blog? How long have you been running it? I started it, I graduated 2016. I think I started it 
the summer, August 2017. So I've been doing it almost four years now. And like you just got engaged. So it's so amazing that whoever followed you probably were around your age and now probably are also getting engaged. It, it's crazy. It's, it's really exciting. I, I do love a lot of the long-term followers. Um, one of my big breaks from my blog was this blog post about post-dating and like, what's it like post-dating? And a lot of them, a lot of my followers came from that and they'll reach out and be like, that's how I found you. And like, and now I'm going through this and it's so exciting. And, and people are just like, even when we got engaged, people were so excited for us. And during a time of the pandemic where we were all feeling so alone, it was so nice having that support from this community of, of people who are following your adventure. Is there any advice that you would give your, you know, post-grad girl or post-grad age <laughs> or like 22 year old, any like specific advice? Ooh, um, I think to myself, go to Bergdorf Goodman for high tea more. Why not? <laughs> Wait, I missed that. What was that? So I went through a phase where I was really obsessed with high tea is around post-grad. And I found this really amazing high tea place from a family friend at Bergdorf Goodman's. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's on like one of the higher floors and it overlooks the park. And you pay $45.99 for um, afternoon tea. And it comes with all the little like finger sandwiches and stuff. And it's so fun. It's such, and I think that really also started my, like, everyone's a foodie now, but like back in the day, like an experience of eating and, and doing something to, en- you can enjoy with food like that versus just like eating dollar pizza and moving on. So I just, you know, going and doing those things more, that was like, just enjoy it. Don't worry so much about the money as much because you'll make the money and you need to enjoy this New York City lifestyle now and you'll be able to save. Don't worry. Um, also I'm, I'm very proud of like going for my blog. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think if I held off on my blog longer, I would have been like, just start it, just do it. But I really happy. I'd say keep pushing yourself. You're your biggest critic. Um, just follow your gut. Cause you have, you've made really, you always make good choices and just to follow those good choices really proud of my 20s. I, I don't think I would change anything. I really love my experience in my young 20s. I really love my experience now. But I also think like, because I've paid for it and done it myself, I am doing things exactly how I want them to go. I love your energy. It's good, which is really good. I'm like really proud of myself right now <laughs> that I could say that. You should be. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think you, ha- you have to be the pilot of your own life. That's what it's all about. I didn't, my mom and dad didn't help me out after college. You know, they paid for college and they're like, that's it. They do pay the phone bill. But besides that, <laughs> um, pay for everything myself. And I feel like that's where all of this comes from is that independence you have. Yeah. And, and that I hope others get too, because it's so much fun having your own independence. Sarah, I really needed to hear that about, um, about how just do things for the experience and not worry about money so much because I am definitely one to always like I will stress myself out about finances and be like super like I need to save every dollar and it's just it gets to a point where it's like what's the point and, and it's hard and, and that's I think why back in the day with like Equinox like 
the value you get out of it versus signing up for like a flywheel or soul cycle class, like it made sense financially, but it wasn't satisfying me. And, and you have to save, you have to, but you also have to spend to enjoy those things away because if you're going to work your life away, what's the point for not living life too? Um, I wish I was good with like budgeting with like, you know, coming up with the Excel spreadsheet. I have been asked about this, but like I didn't post about it because I was like, cause I'm not good at it. So I'm not going to promote <laughs> budgeting. Um, like I don't have an Excel sheet where like I track everything like that. I, I just look at, you know, I look at my credit card statements. They have those the circles on their pie charts that says how much are you spending towards what? And I use, I really rely on that. Like how much am I paying too much in Ubers? Am I paying too much at the nail salon? Like <laughs> that sounds really great uh but but prioritizing what am I spending money on and um that has really helped and, and I've learned to put more towards experiences than just like buying a new outfit like a fast fashion outfit mm-hmm. you don't really see me posting too many fast fashion outfits on my blog yeah because I can't afford that we want to respect your time too so oh, well thank you yeah or Dan's time he's like dinner um but also I guess to also wrap this up like what you guys are doing with this podcast of like it's almost like a soul searching for everyone of like you know where do you want life to take you now that we're done with college and and entering adulthood like just keep going with it you really never know how things are going to end up thank you and it's just fun and when it's fun people love that energy and I mean I I joined in this my first podcast I've ever done I was like yes I love this so relatable so so keep doing it you never know what's going to happen thank you so much we really do appreciate your time and we're so honored to be your first podcast that's our favorite thing when people tell us that yeah you're my first podcast (laughs) I'm and I have had offers and you're the only one I've accepted oh my gosh that's so So, thank you so much for this experience this is so fun I really enjoyed this it was really fun. We just want to make sure that if anyone wants to be able to find you on Instagram, they know. So if you don't mind, just tell anyone who's listening where they can find you on Instagram. Awesome. So you can find me on Instagram at, at the modern socialite one, or you can Google me um, for my blog posts that I post usually monthly. I post a couple of times a month, um, www.the-modern-socialite.com. It's not the best domain, but it's a domain. <laughs> And that's where you can really get to know me and stay up to date. All right, everyone, that will be it for today's episode. If you found anything helpful from today's conversation, we would love to know your favorite part. So connect with us on social media. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all with the username at the Shiki Social. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the next one. And don't forget to stay Shiki.